Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Anton de Plissi, who's the CEO of Zinnerfold Lithium, who are, a, who are focused on a fast-tracking, the late-stage, integrated Zinvold lithium project in Germany uh, to production and supply a suite of high-value battery-grade lithium products to Europe's rapidly growing EV and energy storage uh, storage markets. Anton is a, has an investment background um, and he's also at the, obviously the helm at this helm this uh, company to take this project forward. So enough of me. Um, let's welcome Anton to the podcast. How are you doing, Anton? Hi, Rob. Great to be on. Yeah, appreciate your time as well. So, wondered if you can um, give us a little bit of uh, background about yourself. Obviously, I mentioned that you you're in the uh, have been in the investment banking world, um, and obviously you have been in the mining industry uh, prior to this. So, wondered if you can give our uh, our audience an overview of your uh, career. Sure. So, I mean, as you said, I've got a primarily financial background, um, but I've been associated with the mining industry pretty much my whole working life. So I started off um, working for a big mining company, then moved into investment banking where I focused uh, primarily on, on the mining space. And that was doing um, M&A uh, financings, both, both equity and debt, um, and really uh, you know, involved strategically um, in the mining space as, as well. Um, so I did that for, for just over 20 years. Um, and I became involved in in Zinvolt and its precursor company, uh, Eris Resources, um, about two years ago, um, and uh, sort of worked on a few sort of strategic options for the company, and and that culminated in us acquiring the the Zinvolt Lithium project uh, in October of last year, and we've uh, recently then consolidated um, 100% of the ownership of, of of that project. Okay. I want to give uh, the audience an overview of, of the company, obviously, since you started. Um, so, yeah. Sure. So, um, so the primary asset uh, is the Zinvolt Lithium project. We do own um, uh, an old um, zinc lead project in Ireland, but that's not really the focus of the business. The, the, the real focus is, is the lithium project in Germany. So what is that project? It's, um, it's a sort of feasibility stage uh, lithium project located uh, on the German-Czech border, so about 35 kilometers from Dresden in the former East Germany. And um, the deposit, uh, the Zinvolt deposit, uh, sits right on the border and is actually part of the same ore body that, um, that the Sinovets, uh project um, that sits within e- EMH uh, is. So, so it's one, one ore body, but we, we have the, uh, the licenses on, on the German side. Um, as I mentioned, it's a feasibility stage project, and the, the sort of focus of the project is to produce um, battery-grade materials. So we want to take uh, production all the way through to, to, to battery-grade materials, and those will be uh, used to supply 
the European battery industry, which um, is going through a, a period of, of quite uh, significant growth at the moment. Yes, certainly. Um, obviously, mining and Germany don't necessarily go hand in hand. Um, I just wanted to give us an overview of the mining industry in Germany. Um, I, I haven't heard much about uh, what happens in Germany in regards to mining. So I just wanted to just give us an overview of the, of, of the mining industry. Sure. So, I mean, I think people uh, associate mining in, in, in Germany perhaps more with um, coal mining because uh, that, that formed, a, certainly in the former Eastern Germany, that formed a, a big part of their, their energy mix. Um, but that's been changing significantly, and we, we can talk about that, um, uh, the implications of that in, in, in a little bit. But um, in terms of other mining, the, the region where, where our uh, project is, is based actually is an historic mining area. It was historically mined for tin and tungsten. And um, our project is on the site of an historic mine that was mined for some 400 years. So, you know, mining is is, is not a new thing for this particular part of, of Germany. And in fact, there, there's a lot of support for it in, in the region. Um, it's been an important employer in the past, and there's a hope that it will be an important employer in, in the future. So there is um, a history of mining. Uh, there's an understanding of mining. Um, Freiburg, which is another large town in the area, um, has a university that uh, has a has a mining department. Uh, produces you know a number of geologists and mining engineers every year. So yes, Germany is not 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 an area that one typically associates with mining in the same way as perhaps Australia or, or, or Canada or South Africa, but. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's not something completely uh, new and, and, and unusual for the yeah. country. And how how's the government and local, I suppose, councils in the area, how they received the, the project? And, and I suppose also the local communities, like you said, it, it is a mining, it, it has been a mining town in the past. What are their thoughts around your, your plans and what you're looking to do? I think they're very excited about, about it. So, um, you know, they, they're proud of their mining heritage. Um, and when they look at the potential for sort of new industries, um, they, they, they're quite excited about, about being part of that. Um, and I think, you know, there's an element of, of the fact that it's lithium and the, the kind of importance of lithium to, you know, the way the government is thinking about um, you know, green technologies and, 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 and their commitments in terms of, of uh, mitigating climate change, et cetera. Lithium is, is, is a key part of the enabling technologies for that. Um, and so it, it, it is favorable, it's typically favorably received. So, so I, think, I think all of those aspects are, are, are in our favor. Um, we have a, a team on the ground uh, in Germany uh, at, the, at the project. Um, and the, the project leader of that team has been associated with the project since inception. So he's, he's been involved with it uh, for, for about 10 years. Uh, he has a very good relationship with uh, the local authorities um, uh, and, you know, keeps them fully informed as to, as to what we're doing. So we think they're excited and we think, um, we think they will be uh, a positive influence on, on the project as, as we walk forward yeah. with it. Um, obviously, we know lithium demand is obviously forecast to grow. Um, how rapidly do you see lithium market? And I suppose if we're looking at Europe, how rapidly do you think it's it's going to grow? And obviously, you're going to be supplying to the to the I suppose 
local market and and Europe? Sure. So, I mean, if we think about lithium-ion batteries, they've been around for for some time, um, but it's really only relatively recently that the technology has reached a level. So, in terms of energy density, um, charging capacity, thing, thing, things like that, that have made it a workable product for certain new applications. And what I'm thinking about there primarily is, is electric vehicles, but there, there are other applications as well, um, like stationary storage um, and, and, and so on. And the other thing that's changed is, is the cost of producing batteries has reduced significantly. And it's really only, as I say, in the last sort of five or six years that it's got into the zone where these can be viable technologies to use in, in vehicles. So to put it a little bit in perspective and, and, and kind of put some numbers around what, what the potential growth could be, um, electric vehicles in 2020 were probably only about 3% of global uh, passenger car production. So about, about 3 million cars out of a total of 100 million. Now, you've seen uh, European, many European countries um, making statements around they're going to ban the sales of new internal combustion cars by 2030, 2035, 2040, etc. There are a whole lot of dates put out there, but increasingly those dates are, are, are coming forward. So if you think about, um, you know, if you think about the global car industry, so if, if only 3 million cars um, now are electric, and we, we need to get to 100 million cars by some date, that, 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 is, that is significant growth potential. To focus in a little bit on, on Europe specifically, um, there, are about, there, there are a number of uh, lithium-ion battery factories in, in Europe at the moment, and they produce on a combined basis about 30 gigawatt hours annual capacity of batteries. The, pro the projections that I've seen out there from, from various commentators on the sector is that that battery factory capacity will grow to 700 gigawatts by the late 2020s. So, you know, that's only sort of seven to seven to nine years time. It's, it's, it's really not a, not a, not a long time. And, it, and at that level, so the global um, uh, annual consumption of, 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 of lithium um, for, for batteries is about 350,000 tons a year. So globally, it's a relatively uh, in terms of tonnage, a relatively small industry. But if, if Europe is producing 700 gigawatt hours of batteries per year by the late 2020s, that's 350,000 tonnes of consumption in Europe alone from you know, very little at the moment. So we're, we're talking about an order of magnitude growth in, in, in demand. Uh, you know, how quickly it'll happen depends on how quickly these technologies take over. Um, you know, typically, if you, if you look at past uh, disruptive technologies, they've tended to take over more quickly than people have perhaps thought. So I think, I think that that's telling for this industry. Um, there are lots of different growth forecasts out there, but they typically come in annual growth of, you know, 18 to 20% per annum uh, on, a, on a compound annual growth basis. So it's a rapidly growing sector. Yeah, certainly. Um, why is localization of, uh, of supply important? Um, and what is being done to sort of encourage, encourage that? And obviously, we're looking at the European market. Sure. So I think it's coming from, from two sides. So on the one side, you've got, you've got both uh, sort of national governments and, and then the EU uh, acting as a, a sort of a, a consortium as, as well. That, that is actively trying to, to encourage localization of supply. Now, um, the auto industry is very important for Europe. 
Um, you've got you've got some big uh, auto manufacturers, a lot of them based in Germany, and uh, currently lithium-ion batteries is is predominantly an Asian business. And um, you know you've got these these players who are looking at that and thinking, well, actually, you know, if if the one thing that the the pandemic uh, and the experience of the last eighteen months has shown up is that there's a certain fragility to to a global supply chain. And it is helpful to have to have a local supply chain. Um, so, from an automaker or from a from an, a user perspective, that, that's an important driving factor. And in fact, um, Reuters reported on a survey today that that, that talked about how um, you know eighty percent of respondents amongst battery manufacturers in Europe wanted localization of supply. So, there's definitely a pull factor there. I mean, if you're if you're a German car manufacturer, well, any car manufacturer, and you're thinking seriously about EVs, you have to write an eight-year warranty on your car's uh, batteries, they, and they're the biggest component, the biggest cost component of, of an electric vehicle. So you want certainty that you have security of supply, and you also want certainty that your suppliers are um, you know, fully certified, uh, you know, comply with all the relevant environmental, social, et cetera, regulations. And that's much easier to be confident on when it's when it's local supply. I mean, we saw um, you know some time ago, you know, talk around the, the cobalt space where you know people were unsure about um, you know where the cobalt was coming from, whether it was 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 being mined in a, in a sustainable and, and, and suitable fashion, etc. That hasn't uh, impacted the, the lithium space as much, but it's it's on the top of of, of people's minds in in. in Amongst customers, and then the EU and, and and local governments are committed to to greening the economy. And uh, I think, as I mentioned before, this is a this is a key part of an enabling technology for that. And so they want to encourage it uh, locally. And the EU has put lithium on the list of of critical uh, materials that they want to want to see local production from. And they've they've supported mainly where their focus has been up to now has been on on supporting. Uh, the establishment of, of, of battery manufacturers, but they're now thinking a little bit more about the whole supply chain, and that, that includes um, that, you know the, the, the core components of, of the battery, so the lithium and nickel, and uh, you know the other the other components that are that are needed. Yeah. Um, what are the challenges in creating a local supply in Europe, um, and how how are you guys positioned compared to your peers? Sure. So, look, I mean, you know, I think probably the main challenge uh, in with any mining in Europe is, is Europe is, is a densely populated region, um, and it's got sort of very typically has very strong devolved local authorities, and and often um, you know local communities can have concerns around around mining operations in in their backyards and and so permitting and sort of social license to to operate are, are some of the, the key constraints typically in in, in Europe um, also you know um, you know you mentioned before you don't typically associate some of these countries with with mining and that that flows through to to sort of level of, of expertise available some in, in in some places whether that be on the mining side or you know even on, on, on the chemical processing side so I mean how, how do we fit with that um so as I mentioned there, there's a history of mining uh, in the region where where our project is um, the, the project at Itself is located um, on the site of, of, of what, you know, what was a mine for for over four hundred years. So this is this is not a new thing 
um, for, for, for the region. Um, we do have a team on the ground. Uh, and the other important thing, and this is specific to lithium, um, is, is in large part, if, if you're going downstream to battery-grade product, that, that is a very chemical-heavy process. And having, and it's not an easy process to, to, to get right. Um, so having the, the required expertise in that area is quite critical to the success of, of, of projects like this. And Germany and that part of Germany is, is really kind of the heart of, of the German chemical industry. So you have a knowledge and, and understanding of, of, of industrial chemical businesses at, you know, done at, at an industrial scale. Uh, and the relevant expertise is therefore, you know, it, it's not new to that, to that part of the world. And I think that's, that's an important element of, of our project um, is, is having that uh, kind of depth of expertise available in, in the region. Yeah. Um, as, obviously, as well as mining, you have downstream operations. Um, what products are you looking to produce? So, um, well, we will we will have the plan is to have uh, downstream operations all the way to, to, to battery grade products. So, um, the feasibility study uh, that was done um, for the project envisaged um, the potential for for two products: lithium fluoride, which is used in in battery electrolytes. So, um, you know, it's a it's a, it's a battery product. Um, the project is also capable of producing battery-grade lithium carbonate. Um, what we are doing at the moment is, is extensive test work on the ability to make a product called lithium hydroxide, which is, um, you know, again, one of, one of the core uh, products for, for the battery sector. Um, that process is, is ongoing. The initial results we've had uh, have been very promising, but we, you know, we have a little bit more Work to do on that, but one of one of the things I think is is an advantage of this project is is it does uh, have the potential to be quite a flexible a flexible producer of of different products. Okay, um, I know that you've recently picked up an additional um, exploration license in the area. Um, just wondering if you can go into more detail around that. Sure. So, the, so we picked up um, a license called the the Zadersdorf license. Um, it, uh, it, it was a license that had previously been uh, drilled by, by another player. And so there, there actually is um, an historic jork resource established on, on this uh, license um, of about 25 million tonnes. So if you, to put that in context, um, our core mining license, is involved license, uh, is, is just over 40 million tonnes. So we've added effectively another 50% to our resource base um, by adding this, this other license. It's, it's quite close to um, our core license, so it's uh, less than 15 kilometres away. Um, and in fact, we, it's not the only exploration license we, we own in, in the area. We own two others um, in the region, uh, also within 15 kilometres. So, uh, so I think, you know, it, it's, it's early days with regard to these, these licences. We need to do more work on them. Um, but it's quite exciting for us in terms of what it, you know, what it might mean for, for our project because they are, as I say, they, they, they're relatively uh, close to, uh, to our existing project. And one of the reasons we were granted this particular license is you know, we are the most logical holder of that license. And I think that, you know, again, coming back to our relationship with the local authorities and, and, and the local community, you know, that was one of the key, I think that's a key demonstrator of of. Of the relationship we have there, that you know, it was a competitive process to get that license, and it was granted to us. Um, but it, you know, it does have the potential to to add to our project. Yeah. Um, 
obviously there's talk in the city that you're going to be the first European lithium project going into production. Um, do you agree with that? And um, I suppose what is the the, the time scale for, for this to happen? Well, look, it's, it's, it's always difficult to know exactly where one ranks relative to others because obviously we, we don't have... Um, you know, we only really have the public disclosures of, of other projects to to go on. But I think we are one of the one of the most advanced projects out there. If you think in terms of kind of where we are in terms of the, the, the feasibility process, um, there are a lot of projects in Europe that are still at sort of the pre-fees stage. Um, we're we're a little uh, advanced from that. And then in terms of you know mining license, we have a mining license issued already. Um, we've uh, we've completed. Or we've, 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 we don't have any EIS uh, uh, obligations uh, to, uh, still outstanding, so we've, we've got through, through that process. And then, um, you know, we, we are advancing on our permitting process. But, um, you know, in terms of exactly when, there's still uh, facets of the project that, that we're working on. Um, I mentioned the, the hydroxide test work. We, we have to complete that. We need to finalise um, uh, decisions around where we we place the, the chemical processing site. Um, we also need to, to advance discussions on, on the financing side. Uh, we need to uh, complete our permitting process, et cetera. So there are still, there are still um, you know, a few, a few process, uh, processes and, 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 and uh, hurdles to, to get over. But I think you know, we are one of the more advanced projects out there. So there's, you know, there, there's certainly um, a possibility for us to be, to be the first uh, out the gate in, in Europe. Yeah. Um, and as a conclusion, just wondered um, if you can sum up um, maybe the short and medium term outlook for the company and why people should um, pay close attention to, uh, to your journey. Well, look, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we, we, we've worked quite quickly. So if you think back to we acquired 50% of the project um, in October uh, of, of last year, and then within uh, sort of the next six months, we were able to to acquire the other fifty percent. Um, you know, we we we're making exciting progress uh, with the project, and now that we own a hundred percent, that time frame is 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 a little bit more uh, in our control. Um, so so all of those things are are, are interesting. Um, I think the industry, I think the, the market is beginning to accept that uh, you know that this growth and demand is. Is is real um, and it's and it's imminent um, and that you know there there are limits to the expansions that are possible for for the you know the incumbent lithium producers around the world. Europe desperately wants to encourage production uh, in Europe, and we we are extremely well positioned uh, to play into that. We're you know in Germany, which is the heart of the auto industry. It's the automakers that are driving this right now, and you've got. Uh, VW is saying they want to produce um, over a million electric cars by 2023. That's only that's only two years away. Um, and you know, current production in, in Europe of electric cars is probably less than half a million cars. So you know, we, we're talking you know really significant growth, and 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 that you know ultimately um, I think will will reflect in you know the, the quality stories will 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 start to 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 get acceptance and get recognised. And I think that we, you know hopefully we will be part of that. Yeah, and uh, there's one more question I've just thought of. With all the car manufacturers, and obviously there's quite a few in Germany, do they really understand um, sort of the lack of resources for 
the manu- for manufacturing electric vehicles, uh, not just obviously focusing on one particular um, resource, but a number of resources. Do they do they re- realise that mining really does have to sort of dig deep, and um, there is a I suppose an undersupply of many of these resources um, across the world for the product for the, the predictions that governments and even the car manufacturers are are putting out there. Look, I, I think it's it's increasingly some, and it differs by it differs by auto manufacturer. But so there's certainly some who who, who get it more than than others do. Uh, and you know, the, if you look at the ones that are taking battery manufacture in house, um, you know, th- they are the ones that are grappling with with the supply chains for those battery manufacturing operations. So, you know, not 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 everyone. Um, but increasingly the case that, uh, that they focused on it, um, which is, which is, I think, a very helpful thing for the industry because it, it, it will drive pressure on, on, um, you know, the various bodies that, that approve these things and, and, uh, you know, hopefully will, will, will translate into, into action being taken to, to actually advance supply. Yeah. And so I really appreciate your time um, and give us an overview of the, the project that you have there in Germany. Um, if our um, audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, how can they go about doing that? Are you on any uh, social media platforms as well? Sure. I mean, we, we put our uh, stuff on on uh, on Twitter and, and, and LinkedIn. And, you know, obviously we, as and when we have, um, you know, important information to put out, we, we, we disclose that. Uh, in short order so you know i think you know keep watching our website we we, we put everything out on that we also put out a constant uh, twitter stream so follow us on twitter um linkedin etc yeah really appreciate your time again um and audience those that are listening um if you've got any questions for anton then um see the show notes and we have all the details there if you want to reach out to him if you have any questions around maybe the um around their project or around the the automotive industry and especially looking at Europe as well. So um, really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. If you can share and share this episode amongst your friends, family, et cetera. Um, Again, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, appreciate if you can share and like uh, below. Um, So this podcast or episode goes out to more and more people so they have access to this uh, information. So um, thank you for listening again. Until next time. Happy mining. Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining.